Welcome to Achieve More, the high-performance transformation podcast, where we discuss tactical, easy-to-use ways to help community and broader public sector organizations, teams, and individuals to transform and achieve higher performance. I am your host, Michael Scheel, and I am a high-performance coach and transformation consultant. I help people and teams find their vision, learn how to overcome their barriers, improve, and transform their lives and organizations and achieve so much more. Welcome to episode number 12, how to get derailed projects back on track. And I really wanted to do this session uh, because I think it's important because all projects I think get derailed at some point in time. Today I want to give you practical, tangible uh, approach and a process uh, for how to handle derailed projects, regardless of the size of the project, regardless of the size of the challenge or the source of the challenge. So today I'm going to give you four principles that you can use each time you approach the problem and six to seven steps that you can use. Now, the reason I wanted to do this topic is, like death and taxes, project derailment is inevitable. Just about every project I know of goes off rail at least once, if not multiple times. And I have been involved in several large public sector projects where they seem to be constantly going off the rails. And what do I mean by that? Uh, typically, it's time, money, or quality, that you know, project management triangle. You know, from a time perspective, it's maybe things are taking too long. Maybe you're missing milestones. Uh, the effort's just taking too long to to achieve the things that you want to do, uh, and you can't find a way to shorten it. So you just have no choice but to to accept that that the the timelines are longer than you want. Uh, from a budget perspective, maybe it's costing too much. Maybe it requires more resources than you had planned. And so you have to pay for more and it's becoming more and more over budget and there's nothing you can do to cut costs here or there and you're going to be way over budget. Maybe you don't have access to the budget, the extra budget you need. And then from a quality perspective, maybe it's taking too much time, money and effort for you to get to the quality that you want. Sometimes, though, it's, it's, it's more than that. Sometimes it's politics, which can be way out of your hands, obviously. You know, I've been on lots of projects where when a new government gets sworn in, things are put on hold, big projects are put on hold while they figure out their priorities and how they want to readjust what's going on already. Sometimes it's another external factor, like the pandemic, that you know, impacts a project, impacts the project team members, timelines, budget, and all that good stuff. Uh, so sometimes you can get impacted a little bit. Sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's 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 multiple times, and that's okay. You can use the same principles and the same approach each time. So let's jump right in. So I got four principles for you. Principle number one: Don't be surprised. All right. So expect expect the unexpected. Expect that it's going to happen. So assume that the your project will get derailed, and if you're in that mindset, you will react better to it versus assuming that you're going to have everything planned out and everything's going to go tickety-boo and there aren't going to be any problems. And then when there is a problem, you start to panic. Don't worry about that. Expect that it's going to happen. And I actually expected from day one that something bad's going to happen. This is why you do risk planning. And you can expect that as soon as you fix the last derailment, another one might happen along the way. Principle number two, face the truth. So a best practice is really just to accept uh, that something uh, bad is happening to your project and just deal with it. Be open and honest. Don't drag your feet. Just deal with it. 
Uh, a little trick that I use here too sometimes is if you can include other people, it helps you to face the truth. If you tell the project team, okay, hey, we're, we're off track, we're missing our milestones completely, let's figure this out. If you share it with them together, then it, it lessens the load on your shoulders. Psychologically, it actually feels better. Um, because those other people are also going to be committed to helping you fix the problem. And once they're committed to be part of the part of the solution, they're really going to want to make sure that it's successful. And that takes a whole weight off of your shoulders. Principle number three is do this sooner than later. So don't wait. Don't try to see if it's going to work itself out. I know lots of project managers have tried that. It doesn't usually work. Sometimes it does, but most of the time it doesn't. Uh, you will honestly feel better. You will do better. And you're frankly going to look better, particularly in the eyes of the sponsors, if you can deal with those those things that derail the project right away. Uh, and then principle number four is do some causal analysis. Figure out the cause, not the symptom, and then figure out the solution. So, you know, take a take a break and say, okay, if this is what's happening, why is that? Use the five whys or some other causal analysis and get really right down to the to the thing. Because if you if you resolve the, the symptom but not the cause, it's going to keep coming at you. So it, it, it just takes, uh, it's just smart to just take a beat and try to get to that cause. Okay, so those were the four principles. Uh, now I want to jump to the six or seven steps that you can do. And I say six or seven because two of them are kind of related. Uh, first, I would say step number one, acknowledge and accept the situation. So this is similar to the principle, but I want you to actually, from an action perspective, uh, outright acknowledge and accept it. And I'm borrowing this straight from psychology models of, of behavior change, that you can't actually change th something uh, and make it and improve it until you acknowledge that there's something wrong that needs to be fixed and you accept that you're, that you're responsible and accountable for fixing it. Um, so that's the first thing to do. Um, I think this is probably more important. I mean, if you're on a smaller project, you can just sort of tell yourself, okay, there's something wrong, let's fix it. But I think it's more important on a large complex or politically charged project you know you may see the writing the writing on the wall um, but you need to get those major stakeholders to agree that a change in course is required in general the longer you wait the harder it will be to fix the the problem uh, number two figure out the solution i know this seems obvious but uh, you know meet with your team do some causal analysis and figure out uh, what the likely situation is, and there's probably going to be some options, which gets you to option to, to step number three is figuring out your options. So there might be one uh, way to resolve it, but there might be two or three. So again, do some, some causal analysis. You might need to do some cost-benefit analysis. For smaller projects, this might happen very quickly, but I've been on very large complex projects. We're talking, you know, budgets of 10 million, 20, 50 million, um, where, you know, th there's some serious investment going on. Uh, it might be a politically charged project. So you need to do some really serious analysis, have it documented and take it back to your sponsors. Um, you don't have to do a long and complicated options analysis. It's just good to work it through and for the sponsors and the team members to see that you're taking it seriously and that you are indeed doing that. Sometimes I get input from SMEs uh, if it's a particular problem for, say, for instance, if it's technology challenge. Maybe it's a communication challenge and I want a communication expert to provide their input. Uh, maybe it's a particular challenge with one very particular sponsor um, who's putting up a barrier. So I will talk to somebody who knows that sponsor very well. Uh, whatever it is, uh, you take a look at it. Like before, like I say, you might, we might want to get your team involved here because the more people get involved in helping you figure out, uh, the more of your team members you get, you, you help. Uh, that help you to figure out the solution, the more likely they are to help you get it resolved and to make sure that it is successful in the end. 
Number four, uh, step number four, you pick your solution and figure out how to implement your contingencies. So uh, inevitably, even if you input your, you, you, you resolve the solution, uh, there could be some, some backfire, maybe it doesn't work, et cetera. So I always think about what is the step I'm gonna take? What are the contingencies that I'm gonna take in case that doesn't work? So, you know, you've gotta make the, you've gotta select the option that makes sense given your project context, given time, you know, time, budget, and quality, um, maybe the supports and the goals of the sponsors, whatever the reasons are that you use to select the option, you select it, you figure out how to implement it, and then you figure out what am I going to do if that implementation of this solution doesn't work. Um, what I say next is, is typically is to update all of your project controls. So, you know, once you've you know, you figured out what is the option that you want, you've gotten your sponsor to, uh, to accept it, you've figured out how you're gonna implement it, you've figured out your contingencies, you go ahead and do it, then you wanna update all of your project controls. So update your project plan. And I'm going to assume that you're doing uh, uh, an up-to-date project plan that has dependencies in it, et cetera. So I always put in, you know, if this is gonna be the fix, what is the dependency flow all the way through the rest of the project? Update your risk charter, update your decision log. It's super important for big things like that to put in your decision log, who's decided what and how you're gonna resolve it. Uh, if you have any other logs or things like that, update all of those so everything is up to date. Uh, and then the last step that I would suggest is to communicate uh, and manage expectations. So if it's been a really big hit for your project, you've figured it all out, you've implemented things, you communicate out to the major stakeholders, here's what happened, here's what we did. Now, I like to do this even for smaller challenges because A, it shows that, that you're on top of things and that you've got things under control. That's important for your team to see as well. It's important for your sponsors to see. It's important for stakeholders to see. I do that for really large, there are large challenges too. And then that is an opportunity for you to show people that you're, you're, that you're on track with things and that you and your team can really control things. Okay, so those were the, the, the six or seven major steps. Uh, so, you know, actually, let me repeat those. Uh, you want to acknowledge and accept the solution or the situation. You want to figure out the solution. You want to review your options. You want to pick your solution, the option that is best, given your context, figure out how your, your contingencies. Uh, you want to update all of your project controls, and then you want to communicate uh, and manage any expectations that come out of that communication. And so my final thought for you today uh, is that we know from, from neuroscience studies that the more that you practice resilience, which is staying calm in the face of stress and pressure, so the more that you, you deal with, with challenges and things like this calmly, the more you're able to in the future. You know, your brain gets used to it and, and you deal with things more effectively. So it's kind of like working out of a, a, a muscle at the gym. The more you do it, the more your, your capacity, your capability grows. So the more you practice this in an effective way, the better you will be in the future. All right, that's everything for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, please share it if you do and uh, press like and subscribe. And happy project managing this week, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Our goal is to help as many people as possible learn how to improve, transform, and achieve higher performance for themselves, their teams, and their organizations. So if you like what you heard, I invite you to like, share, rate, and subscribe to this podcast. All of that helps others find us and helps us to achieve our goal of inspiring, engaging, and educating people and teams to improve and achieve more. 
You can also find the show notes to our website on our website at www.scg.team. Anything I reference in today's episode or any important links will be posted there as well. And while you're at our site, you can also subscribe to our weekly email blast so you don't miss it. Thanks again and have a great week.